Welcome to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Two Worlds Colliding. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, September 26th in the year 2023. We have finished with Bards Fest and probably one of the most amazing experiences I would say most people have had, and it definitely was far beyond what we would call it, a revival. I, probably the best words put with or by Brad Cummings, which is we experienced a spiritual family reunion, which is probably more accurate on the whole gamut of things. It is a moment in time where we start to really see the duality of the worlds in which we live. For those who are attending Bards Fest physically or online, you understood, you were able to witness the experience of how you come together in a kingdom way. And it was truly phenomenal. On the outside of this world sits this other world, which is the world of exploitation, the world of fear, the world of shortages, the world of, of just a crushing tyranny that tries to keep people repressed and in their place. And that truly, what we've defined now is the battle line. To understand truly where we are, what we're trying to accomplish and bring into this world, and what our enemy looks like in so many ways. Patriots, before we begin, one thing that's evident, and it's increasingly evident, is the dangers that rest ahead of us in a societal collapse. And that's one of those things that ultimately we have to confront, which is shortages. And that means food. So right now, you have to consider that we are approaching a time when sometimes the unthinkable may happen and we get the feeling that the unthinkable may happen sooner than it really than we really want to admit. All of what we're dealing with in the news right now continues to be distractions, smoke screens, the media runs cover. They all do it so you won't see what's coming. And that's why it's smart to invest in emergency food. So as it's said by people of the past and a wise man, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. So head on over to my Patriot Supply. They're the nation's leader in emergency food storage. But you can go specifically and do go specifically to our website, the Bards Nation website, preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, and you'll save 25% on My Patriot Supply three-month emergency food kits. And they're filled with a variety of meals, providing over 2,000 calories a day for optimum strength under stress. Stock up. And do so before everyone else panics. Because trust me, the farther we go down this rabbit hole, it's going to get crazier. Free shipping is automatic and your orders are shipped fast. So go to preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com today. Now, Patriots, if you want to take a scan of the news just so we kind of get a looming headline, we are literally on the cusp of some major financial issues. Right now we have the union-backed pay raise United Auto Workers, 40% increase across the board. This is going to literally send the top three automakers into bankruptcy. And all this is by design, of course. But it's where we are, and it's what they're trying to do, is they try to exploit and rip apart every part of this economy to ultimately break the whole function of America down to its core and elevate other economies so that we can never rise again. That's the ultimate goal, and the ultimate target of the world is the United States. The reason, what we experienced in Flemingsburg, Kentucky. And what was that? The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and our strength and our belief that supersedes and overcomes any of this nonsense of this physical world that these people are trying to peddle. But it's real. And the threats are looming, and they're increasing each and every day. We have a note today from, an article today from Rickards, who I think is one of the best economists out there. Jim Rickards is literally saying that it's not coming 
but it's already here. And part of that is this new digital economy. Increasingly, you're seeing the war on cash, the excuses of why cash has to go away, things like, well, if we let cash be there, drug dealers will continue, we'll stop criminal networks. All this is garbage, but it's all sold to the mindless souls out here that are walking around believing in the state as a good and repository for goodwill that are somehow trying to take care of everybody to prevent crime. The criminals that run this world don't stop crime, they enhance crime. And that part is something we all have to start coming to grips with. But we are literally on the edge of an economic cauldron, a dumpster fire like we've never imagined. And the pieces are in place and starting to align up. It's something we have to be aware of and be prepared for what is to come. Here's a three-minute piece I want you to hear on just that laydown of some of the pending threats that are coming to the economy. A few days ago, the Wall Street Journal published an article worrying about four storms that could crash the American economy. Evoking those famous perfect storms, they used to dodge the 2008 financial crisis. The journal listed them out. The auto worker strike, a long government shutdown, the resumption of student loan payments, and soaring gas prices. They noted that each of these on its own would not crash the $23 trillion American economy, but together they could tip us over the edge given the economy is already, quote, cooling from higher interest rates. As the journal put it, the U.S. economy now faces a, quote, convergence of hazards that threaten to create more turbulence. I'm guessing the journal's editorial policy is to use words like hazards and turbulence to avoid that dreaded nine-letter word, recession, or the mother of ten-letter words, depression. The bigger picture is the lengths to which the establishment will go to media-splain the essential features of the central banking business cycle, inflation, then recession. You see, it's not the Fed printing up trillions in inflation and then breaking the economy to soak it up. No, it's all an endless series of perfect storms. Each a crazy quilt of headlines that you pour into a big pot, you mix in a few dozen articles about turbulence, and voila, it was all just a stretch of bad luck. Bad luck that, thankfully, the geniuses in Washington are working hard to fix. Top men, I tell you, top men. This has been the game for a long time, of course, really since the beginning of the central banking business cycle. In the 1970s, for example, when inflation started hitting double digits, our lapdog media was full of stories how inflation wasn't money printing. It was really overpopulation or Earth's limited resources. We were running out of everything, you see. Then it was OPEC. Never mind that inflation was already 8% when the Saudis launched their embargo. We have seen this in the past few years in rare form. When inflation first took off under Biden, outlets like the Journal pumped out the perfect storm stories, how Americans were buying too many Pelotons for the boat stuck in the Suez. It was the Amazon inflation for a minute. Then it was greedy grocery stores. Then it was global warming, as always. And finally, it was Mr. Putin stopping the Ukraine wheat going to Egypt. All just a series of perfect storms over and over. You can almost see them pouring through headlines, looking for something, anything, plain lady, aliens, anything's game, when there is a central bank with a butt that needs covering. So what is next? Brought to you by Unchained. What's next is more creative headlines to distract from the Fed's surgical deconstruction of the American economy. More inflation, more recession, all with an exotic variety of excuses. So yes, unions, shutdowns, student loans, and oil could all send us into recession because the Fed put us on a cliff's edge, which is what the Fed is paid to do. We're being played massively in the political realm. If you're following the Trump events and thinking that's going to lead to a solution, you're walking right down the biggest trap ever laid. And it's constantly a distortion to keep people going. President Trump says he's not going to be in the second debate. He's already now started to pivot to say that the reason the 2022 elections were lost is because the evangelicals didn't or voted too hard on abortion. All of these things are designed to confuse the political spectrum, constantly keep people at odds with one another, and divide and subdivide the movements. What America is lacking is leadership and faith. And unfortunately, this is only going to get worse in the political spectrum because as people start to rise up, they're all about the me. Now, I understand there's a ton of people that keep saying that the only hope we have is Trump. 
The fact of the matter is that the only hope we have is we the people. That's a simple fact. That's how our country was built. And unfortunately, we still have a lot of hope in the, in the political system. And with that, people are asking, well, what happens if we don't have the political system? What happens if we don't have that? And this is why I want to merge across here to what happened in Bards Fest this last few days. We witnessed something and experienced something that was truly profound. And I, I, I don't speak this lightly. Every single person that was at Bards Fest has left saying it was the most significant and most amazing event of their life. We had approximately 300 people there. Over the course of what ends up being five days, originally planned for three, we went five. We did over 80 baptisms. We had unbelievable levels of miracles of healing. And the one thing we didn't have, we didn't have a single theft. We didn't have a single fight. And we had no issues at all. In fact, two issues that came up. We had one individual that lost, out of his pocket, $1,300 in cash. That cash was returned to my hand with the same paperclip holding it together, and I was able to return it back to that individual who then turned around and gave some money back to Bart's Fest. We had a wallet lost with about $800 in it. The entire wallet was returned, and every bit of money was there, and the owner gave $100 to the person who found it. We were developing something different there. We were experiencing something different in Bards Fest. And all of this was a respect and love for God first. Our country's lost its way. We've relied, we get inundated with economic news. People are panicked about losing their investments. We're talking about politics when politics are nothing but a rancid cesspool. All of that is just corrupted space. But what happened at Bards Fest was something very different. It was anointed space. It was a place where people came together. Now, you know, the critics are going to say, well, all, you were living in an idealistic situation. It was temporary. It's not the long-term living. I'll table that for now. Ultimately to say this. What we were doing is we were living in a space where faith was active 24-7. And our worship was part of our life. And that's a critical aspect to understanding how we're going ahead forward and what needs to happen in terms of resetting this nation. We've talked a lot about county by county and the principles of resetting in your home. That was a word given to me. And that was done over three years ago. After Bars Fest 1, we had no Bars Fest for 2022 because God said, focus on the home. And we did. And we dug in. That meant, built our gar that meant building our gardens, meant setting up home-based home churches, homeschooling, getting yourself positioned to work on jobs, build your own business, work for companies that were aligned truly with the Spirit and not have to work for the mindless jobs of kingdom, or I'm sorry, of uh, the empire of corporate. But that also meant taking care of your health and your wellness, breaking off from the corporate yoke of medical tyranny becoming informed, building libraries, be building your knowledge base, understanding your community better, and then becoming better at stewardship and conservation, which means to live on less and get more from it. All of these things were a principle of 2022. 2023, we brought in two Bards Fest now. We had one in Yuba City, which was the stepping stone to this, and it was fantastic in Yuba City what we did. For the first time, we had veterans joining us on stage. This time was a whole new level, and it truly was. We had the return of, of Vice President Myron Leiser and his wife Dottie as a, as a symbolic element and important statement of the unity between First Nations and Last Nations. We had Special Forces represented, Navy SEALs represented. We had the Special Operations Community and Regular Army represented by Brad Miller stepping in to say, I am you and you are me. Literally bringing the unity within our military ranks of those who stand, stand, will stand boldly against this vaccine tyranny and the tyranny in our nation and standing with the people now as there is their original root. And these aren't small names. These are big names within the community that are now reaching out saying, yes, we are one. We had pastors there. We had Dr. Lee Merritt there. We had voices from all over this nation. We even had... 
Don Cox, which, by the way, super cool presentation, and the fact that he's also roasting the new Bard's Blend. You, you know I'm going to love that. Truthfully, and we'll talk more about that in a bit. But the fact of the matter is we had a whole profile of society coming together. And in the midst of that, we had prayer teams around. We had active ministry going on all the time. And food was there being produced by Jim Conley and his team, constantly feeding. And that's the whole principle here. We were taking care of one another. We had people that brought food and cooked on the side. I mean, cooked their own kitchens out there. This was a community of coming together in a phenomenal way. Differences were set aside. And we found unity. There wasn't, we didn't have disagreements. We had prayer. We didn't have hatred. We had healing. And, and this is my point, is it's a, it was a system that was set up under the blessings of God that truly had the power of the Holy Spirit running through it and the truly understanding the power of coming together as people. That's the core of we the people. So are we in a clash of worlds? Absolutely. We're starting to get a glimpse in these processes and the beauty of Bard's Fest is it's giving us the glimpse of what we can be while we confront the enemy that's telling us we can't. We created an environment of can. The enemy created is creating and trying to sustain an environment of you can't and you must listen and obey. The only obeying we do is to Father God. So where does this put us as a society? And for this matter, I'll be very honest, there's, I've left Bards Fest with a lot of questions of even how I direct each show. We've dug in hard, and I have been brutal on a lot of things, and I'm going to continue to call out stupid where it is. But the one obligation that we have and we have to continue to have is to raise up our love and our God. I have never witnessed the power of love like I did here at Bards Fest, and I think everybody that was there or watched online would, would agree to the same. I told this story earlier today, and I'll tell it now. We were at a moment in time where we had identified that there was a witch moving amongst us. And I'm not kidding when I say this. There's a coven just not too far from where Barsfest is. And this witch was doing some stuff to ensure that there was something that went on in the witching hour. Now, this is the part where you have to understand that when you stepped into Barsfest and you stepped into Madeline Farms, I said from the beginning, and anybody that came, you would not leave the same. And that was a word, and it is true. And that has actually held true to the very end. It transformed all of us. The active role of spiritual warfare and the physical were present there constantly. And there was a fight going on throughout the entire festival. We won. God won. And in the process, we slayed some big demons. And I'm not saying that in the slightest way of exaggeration. So we, in a moment in time, just to kind of give you the witness of this duality, this war, we identified a witch that was moving around. And I'll be honest, it irritated me. I was angry. And by grace of God, literally, because it's the anger is the trap, and I've said this many times, the anger is the trap. Michelle from the Resistance Chicks was there, grabbed me by the shoulders and looked me in the eye, and she said, Scott, focus. She said, that is the distraction, and behind you is the mission. And what was behind me was this. There was a veteran who lived about 30 miles away, he had just gone to the point of wanting to commit suicide, gun in mouth. And God spoke to him and said, go to Bards Fest. He didn't even know what it was. He just knew how to drive. And I don't know how he ended up there, but that's a, that's a God thing. He drove in and he drove his truck right up on the lawn behind our cooking area, got out of his truck, walked up underneath the pavilion, fell to the ground and began to cry and sob. One of our great B-dads, Jay Wu, picked him up, took him down to the truck, and began to just talk to him and pray with him. Man, you saw the heart of people like you couldn't believe. Then I got there on scene. We were able to pray together a bit. And then two other pastors came up, and we prayed with him. This man went from the point of where he was that on Sunday morning he stepped into the Baptist pool and was baptized and reborn in, in, in our Lord and Savior Jesus. This is the type of things that handed over, over, and over and over. And it's a statement to the fact of what we can do as people. We are the children of the Most High, and we just demonstrated 
this whole last week, a powerful warfare that is something that, quite frankly, it's been out of our reach because we've been so consumed with the warfare of hatred and blood. This was a blood warfare. This was a spiritual blood warfare. And when I, was, I described this to Brad Cummings last night, and he was there, but I was just kind of giving him the recap of the, just the events and the symbolism of, or the sense of what everything is. Because, frankly, most of us that have been there have been a lack of words. And I think probably as I was praying on this today, what we experienced as God put on my heart is he said, you experience breath and life. Well, that's his name because that's what it was. It wasn't just a reunion of, of spiritual family. It was the breath and life of God. I say all these things because it's so critical that we understand what we've been given here. We've been given a, a framework, a framework to rebuild the world. The question is, Where's our heart and how hard will we push? The critics are going to tell us that it's naive. The critics are going to tell us that they were trying to push some concept of nirvana. There's no nirvana here. It's kingdom. And with it, we see miracle after miracle. A man came in. First, I met his wife. And she came to me and she grabbed me and she just in tears. She said, you saved my life. I said, tell me your story. She says, I used to be an alcoholic. Then my husband's pain got so bad. We were having so much difficulty. We both began to drink. And finally, we, all we had left was our love in Jesus. She said, on one August, I made a solemn commitment that I would not drink again. And she says, I've arrived here today dry. I haven't had a, a bit of liquor, and neither has he. And I, it was moving. Then I met him. He was walking with a cane, compression socks on up to the tip, up to the base of his knees. He could hardly move. His feet looked like rubber duckies on the end of, on the end of his of the limbs. A prayer team sat down with him and they began to pray. One hour later, the compression socks were off and he was walking without a cane. Later, both of them, one at a time, entered the Baptist pool and were baptized. And as she got out of the water, she thrust her hands into the air, looked at her husband and said, we are free. That's the power of healing that was going on there. And it was in the heart. It was in the air. It was in everything we did. We broke bread together. Incredible operations, incredible food operation that was going on over there, led by Jim Conley. We broke bread. And we broke bread every, twice a day. We had a food truck there was there as well to supplement some of the in-betweens and to also provide breakfasts. That was a new couple. And they had just started that business. So on Thursday, we had made a sketch. I would just call it a tactical error or oversight, not so much an error, but an oversight because we had built a full schedule around not having a lunch on Thursday. And so... As we stepped in there, I realized the kids were getting hungry from kids camp. And if we had had the kids come back, we didn't have room for the adults either. We would just lose everybody in our event and the children needed to eat like then and now. So I went to the food truck and I asked him, I said, can you run a tab or do I need to prepay? But I want to feed all the children. That's what we're here for. And she said, no, just we'll run a tab. So all the kids came up, they were there and there were a lot of great kids there. Oh my goodness. And they all got to have, they all got their lunch. So on Saturday night, I finally caught up with the, late, with the woman who runs the food truck. Her and her husband, hardworking local Kentuckians, trying to get a business going. And I said, okay, it's, we got to get that total. How are we doing? And she says, well, I haven't had time to total it up yet. I said, well, how about tomorrow? She says, well, what time's your service tomorrow? I said, it's a sunrise service. She said, okay, we'll be here at 6.30 to make sure that people can get their breakfast and to coffee before the 7.20 service. I said, that's awesome. And she said, then, he said, how long do you think it's going to be? I said, well, it'll run till about 10. She said, oh, that's great. We can have your service, and then we can go to our own church and get our own service. I said, well, can you have the tally up for me by the morning? And she looked at me, and she says, how about if we don't do a bill? I said, what do you mean? She says, you have blessed us all so much here. You've prayed on us. You've prayed for us. 
my daughter was not feeling well and sick. You prayed for her and healed her. She says, just consider it my gift. You see, at the core of everything isn't taking, possessing, hoarding. It was giving. Giving. Paul Cantrell and his wife and family, 10 children, amazing. They're on a, they've been on a road trip. Pastor Paul Cantrell lives in Portland. They have been traveling across the country with Pastor Devin. Traveling, what we call the Trail of Tears, having renewal rallies, praying, and changing it over on the spirit to the Trail of Joy. Paul was just supposed to come up here with himself. He told me, I'll just be able to fly up. My family wants to take a break. We're done with a long tour. We're taking some time in Florida. I said, great. I get there the first day, and Chris from Michigan is already set up. And if you know Chris, you know that he is like just an awesome, dutiful servant of kingdom. Chris has already got a pot of coffee on, has me over. He says, I know you're going to need a pot. I got a pot of coffee on. Nikki's there, Armand, and you all know her. And she says, oh, I just talked to Pastor Cantrell and his family. Or she called him Pastor Paul. And I looked at Nikki. I said, what are you talking about, Pastor Paul? He said, Paul Cantrell? I said, he's not supposed to be here until Friday. He said, no, his whole family's here. So I went over and I talked to Paul. And I saw him. was excited to see him. He's a good friend, great pastor. And I said, Paul, I'm really surprised to see you here. I'm excited, but... How, what's the change of plans? He said, well, he said, our children were praying. And they came to me and said, Dad, we need to go to Bard's Fest. And, he's, and then they said, we'd rather go snorkeling because that's what we wanted to do. But God said we need to be at Bard's Fest, so we're going to go. And they went. They came. At the end of the event, Paul came and handed me a significant amount of silver. We'll just leave it at that. And I know that they're having, they have some real expenses traveling what they're doing. They're traveling with a family of 10 kids across this nation. Paul shut down his entire business to follow the word of God. And he handed me this significant amount of silver. I said, Paul, why are you doing this? I know you need this money. He says, Scott, that's not the way we work. He says, I believe in your vision. I believe in what you're doing for the kids. He says, we're sowing in, so take this. And so it was blessed. We have had the most amazing experience. In the words of Willie, who owns the property, in a hundred, over a hundred festivals they've had, they have never, he said, they've never had anything this great. So, we arrived there, and this is some big news, and you're gonna, we're going to push hard for this, so I want to share this now and get people ramped up. So be ready. Here we go. We arrived there, and I got a call that the property was for sale. We hadn't even been on the ground yet. And I was a little bit surprised because this is a place I've already felt in my heart we need to be there. Now, remember, I've come off of long trip, I've been down getting coffee. I'm up here. We've got the coffee. By the way, the coffee's awesome. Anybody, everybody that's tried it has said it's great. And that's going to go on sale one October. And we'll tell more about that either tonight or I'll probably do some of that tonight. So I get there and I'm, I'm surprised because I, I arrive on site. And I already have three people coming up to me and say, we have to buy this. I'm like, okay. And it's not, it's not cheap. 55 acres, but I will tell you that when we've gone through this whole thing, there's not a person there that doesn't agree that that needs to be a home base. One of the home places, the kingdom sanctuaries for Bards Fest. It has to be. Too many things happened. And Willie came up to me later on. He says, I've turned down two offers on this property because I don't know them and they don't, they don't have the word of God with them because I'm just a steward. He says, but I know that we're supposed to sell this to you. I said, okay. So we prayed on it there. I said, Father, we accept. Today, I laid down a plan to buy the property with Willie. And it was a long shot. 
because he'd have to carry the note. We'd be able to put down a certain amount of money. We'd have a certain amount of time to raise that amount of money. There's a bit of risk with that. But another large piece of it, we would have several years with various sources of revenues to pay it off. But it was the way to start. And he agreed. So we're going to start a fundraising here pretty quick. Like, it's quick, quick. And we're going to have some uh, goals to raise up the money to get the amount we need. We already have, it looks like we already have the escrow amount to start the process. And then we're going to do a fundraising for the next level. And that'll get us the property in hand. And then we'll continue working to raise money for the property. But my point of this, as I announce this and let you know, is that this only happened because God did this. And we put our heart in the right place, and God's providing these resources right now. It's incredible. We're in the process right now of taking back kingdom. We're securing kingdom ground. And this fight is now very real. As Rickards talks about the fact that in the economy, in the digital economy, it's already here. All, everything you hear about it's coming is a fiction. I will tell you this. Anything you're hearing about the fact that the war is coming, no, it's happening now. And it's happening on the spiritual realm, and it's a place you have to have eyes to see. This is a vicious fight, an intense one. And as we move forward in this fight, it's going to get more intense. But our weapons are not going to be anger. We're not going to be able to fight Satan with hate. And this is literally a spiritual war at its core. We are going to fight this from a position of love. We had a young lady come up, and it was late. We, we did ministry and deliverance every night until 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Back up at six, about 6.30, make some coffee. I was with Pete Chambers, Lieutenant Colonel Pete Chambers and Tori, Corey Terry, Special Forces Team Sergeant retired. Both of those were right in my camp. We also had the blessings of Cam Hamilton, Navy SEAL, who came in for one day, and he was there. We also had Brad Miller, who was 101st Airborne, former battalion commander. All of these men have stood up to the VAX. All of these men gave talks. All of these men stood before the people and told us, put themselves in a place of, we are with you now. So we'd get up 6.20 or so, make some coffee, Bard's coffee, of course. Reveille would play. Have to have some military edge on all of this. 7.20, and we kick it and start the day. Through the whole day, get into the evening, go into ministry in the evening, ministry and deliverance all the way till 2 or 3 in the morning, do it again. And we did this. It was supposed to be just Thursday, Friday, Saturday. This went... Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And even when I went to leave on Monday, we had somebody run up and say, I need to be baptized right now. And so after, even though the baptismal pool was already drained down, we just went into the lake and we did the baptism, John the Baptist style right there. That's the way Bars Fest was, constantly like this, never ending awakening of the Holy Spirit within people. So we had a young lady that came to us, and I want to say it was Saturday night. And when she came to me, she was shaking, very disheveled, couldn't see, and was seeing, was seeing things that were, tra that were, she called them drones. She was seeing them, that they were following her, and she was in a hyper-panicked state in her mind. She couldn't hardly speak. She was shaking, couldn't hardly move. So Alicia, who came from, who was part of the deliverance team at Glad Tidings Church, joined me, and she and I started praying, working with her, doing the whole bit of deliverance right down to casting things out and getting her square. In an hour, things broke. She cried, beautiful smile. An hour later, she's over praying with some other folks, same girl. I didn't even recognize her. By the next day, you couldn't even know it was the same person. Smiling, moving around, 
getting ready to go out and do ministry work. She was inspired. See, this is what I say when we talk about healing, it's our greatest weapon. We're dealing with a world that is acrid. It wants us to be repressed. It wants us to be in fear. It wants us to be constantly worried about bills. And we lived in a world where God showed us unlimited bounty and plenty. We lived in a world and we created a space where constantly where our prayers were healing. Our, our calls to God were answered over and over and over. One young man who had some real anger issues even had gone so far as to threatening his mother with violence. But his mother brought him with her. And it was, there was some tension. He, he had minister counseling all day, in and out of different pastors. And that's the beauty is we had so many different pastoral teams around there. By the evening, we prayed and worked deliverance on him to the point where the two, he and his mother, were able to hug, tell each other they loved them, and were literally able to have a rekindling and healing together before they each went their separate ways. This young man, when I saw him before we left, greeted me with the biggest smile. I've seen <laughs> just a beautiful smile. Happy, anchored, and ready to go. We all have more healing to do. He does too. But the fact of the matter is that what we were accomplishing there were levels of miracle work. And we were accomplishing it because we were giving our hearts to God and hearts to kingdom and our trust over and over and over. So I want to close tonight's show with a gift that I was given. And I say this because it's important to understand how important it is to me and to other people. And it's the way God works. Michelle and Leah, as you know, the resistance chicks, are just two wonderful ladies. And I started following them way back when their account was like 10,000 on YouTube. And we just by the way God works, because I didn't do media in, you know, I didn't do the media teams in Bards Fest 1, they were there. And the minute we connected, it was like old friends getting together. And it's been that way over the last couple of years. On Sunday morning, we were giving us, I gave the sermon. And it was, I have to say, I'm not one, I don't usually say I do sermons, but that was inspired. And that was God leading it. And we had just such an amazing sermon because it was, just so natural. People coming up to the mic, Corey Terry's son, who, which we'll get to in a minute because it was so beautiful what happened. The testimonies of people, just the experience of being together. Well, in the process, Michelle and, and Leah are sitting down on the steps leading up to the stage. And Leah just broke down crying, deep sobs. And Michelle looked at me and I, I motioned and Leah came up on the stage and she just put her head on my shoulders and she just started crying. And her testimony was beautiful. It was a testimony of how for years she had longed for having church. She'd gone to church, but it just got to be, there was no Jesus, no love of Christ in the church. And her tears were one of joy and just release because what she had found at the sermon on Sunday morning, and she said, I used to love to go to church on Sunday morning. And we all felt it as we all had the heart for Jesus. As that happens, Corey Terry, special forces, or my good friend tells his son, his little son, he says, I think she needs a hug. And Liam doesn't go to, Leah, he goes to every person in the audience and gave them a hug. That's what we're talking about, the magic of love all the way through. Later, Leah and Michelle were baptized again, but anew. 
and I was part of that. And Brian from Glad Tidings Church looked at me and he said, are you going to do it again as well? And I said, yes. And I was rebaptized again. This would be the third time in my life, but this was the, the right time. Together with you all, together with my friends, they were there, witnesses, and, and an amazing pastoral team. But a gift was given. The gift to me and the gift to Leah and Michelle. And it was a word that has proven to be amazing. And God said, you are now spiritual sisters and brother. It's hard to describe what, this, what has happened here, only to tell you that you're going to see a lot of us together as sisters and a brother, as family. It's what God does, and it's spiritually correct, because in the old world, when people accepted Christ deep in their heart, they would, it would be a new structuring of family. Like I said, don't have words for it. But I can tell you that it's so real. Two of us, the three of us have felt like it's just been something long lost has been reclaimed. And it's part of healing. It's part of rebuilding. And it's part of a way ahead. What happened at Bars Fest is going to happen many times more. And we're going to continue to do these because this is how we save America. This is how we take it back. We go on the battlefield. We get engaged and literally deal with the demonic and with the damaged and with the deep wounds. We, through deliverance, we release those. And through the releasing of those, we set people free. Then we teach them how to keep themselves free. And then we seek to help others set themselves free. That's the principal tool of work. It's the foundation of what the church should be. This is Ezekiel 34, where God talks about judging the spiritual shepherds. And the two things he starts with first are the fact that, that they have been failing to provide healing for the broken and healing for the sick. Well, this is our focus. And as we do that, the core of all things always leads back to the children. The kingdoms, the kingdom of God is colliding with the kingdom of Satan. And I've got news. The kingdom of God always wins. But we're leading that fight. And we're going to stay in the trenches and we're going to continue to arm and we're going to continue to heal and we're going to continue to learn the trades and the tools necessary to defeat this enemy in the spiritual realm. Because I think everybody at Bards Fest could agree on one thing, on many things, but one thing in particular. We waged war in a spiritual realm and saw the fruits in the physical. And we came out victorious. So with all the things that we're dealing with in our world that seems so crazy, and all the things in our world that seem so upside down and so insane, what we witnessed was perfection, beauty, glory of kingdom, and a way ahead through this mock and malee that truly showed the path to victory. Be blessed and be positive because we are winning this war. But we win it through the power of love. And that's coming from a guy that has been more than happy to wield the sword of steel. But I'm telling you, I've been shown and will guide now and will lead with love first. But love is the most mighty and most powerful sword ever. As God has said, I gave you a sword, but you didn't realize the sword I gave you, for it was a sword of love. And it's a sword mightier than anything you can imagine that will smote the enemy and bring him to his knees and awaken the many to put their eyes on me. Let's pray. Father God, we come here today just blessed and humbled. And we thank you, truly, Lord, for all that you have provided and give and continue to give. Father, this last five days have been eye-opening, heart-opening, soul-opening. And you've shown us something that, unfortunately, is too easy to forget. So forgive us, yet hear us. We've seen love. The most powerful weapon in the universe. We've seen love destroy enemies. We've seen love heal the impossible. 
We've seen love raise people up to give them hope. We've seen love re-energize the love in an entire family. We've seen love as the greatest tool in this war. So Father, my prayer tonight for all that are listening is that each person will be touched with that power of the Holy Spirit to truly understand the power of love and what it is in our world and to wield that sword mightily in our, in our communities, in our churches, in our homes, to raise them up with the power of understanding that through prayer, through strong stance, through being vocal, through all the tools that we have, as we do all of that from a heart of love, we truly conquer evil. Thank you, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm telling you, we have this, and we have it big. I'll keep you updated on the Madeline Farms piece, but it is going to become a Bard's Nation Kingdom stronghold for our Father, for we will be the tenants, and He is the owner. And the gift has been given, the doors have been opened, and we will now walk through. And this is where we will create a center among others now that we're building. Centers for healing, restoring the children, restoring the adults, restoring the parents, and raising up the mightiness and kingdom. And this is just the beginning. We walked out of Barsfest knowing that Father will provide all we need. The direction is clear. The map is made. And now we are moving. So buckle up. What's ahead is fantastic. The journey will be glorious. The victory will taste like nothing you've ever imagined. And in the end, we will be part of God's victory in this land. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy 
the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 